Welcome to Best Behavior Creative Club. From the hungry freelancer looking to make their way to the CMO looking to make a difference, this is a podcast for people like you, people that make things and make things happen. My name is Chris McAdoo, and I'm about to take you behind the scenes with experts in creativity, business, and marketing to learn how to drive a business, grow a brand, pursue a passion, and nourish a creative life. Check out all our episodes at designsensory.com slash bestbehavior, where you'll find show notes, links to guests, book recommendations, pictures of penguins, and more. Now, it's time to be on our best behavior. Hello, everyone. Hi. Welcome. Hey, everybody. Uh, welcome to Best Behavior Creative Club. Uh, this is an original... What are we calling it? A DS original? Yeah, for, you know, DS, for, BS original. I don't right know. It's a DS original, uh, one of our many new original pieces of programming. This happens to be a podcast. Uh, is this original to us? This is original to us, yeah. I do believe. You, and you're the one and only Chris McAdoo. There we go. The last time I checked my birth certificate. Yes, Christopher McAdoo, the second tallest person at Design Sensory, creative director, artist, and other... all-around guy. There you go. Always on his best behavior. So let's do a thing. We're going to do a thing for Honest to Gravy doing a thing. Best behavior, creative club, colorful conversations with the people that make things and make things happen. Boom. Right? Um, And we're going to talk across industries, cultures, geography, um, and I... I'm all for alliteration, so get ready for this. We're going to dig deep into the inspiration, aspiration, and perspiration that it takes to grow a business, pursue a passion, and maintain a creative life. So who's on this show, then? You. Oh, well. So funny enough, we're going to kick things off uh, the right way with co-founder of Design Sensory, uh, Joseph Nuther. I Hi, always everybody. mispronounce your name, by the way. Oh, it, it, Nuther? Nuther. Like, here you go, I did it. Yeah, here it is. Like mother, but with an N. Nice. Yes. There you go. I know. That's the stuff dreams are made of right there. But Joseph Nother, and the the reason I wanted to have Joseph uh, kind of help kick this off is I wanted you to talk a little bit about um, your pedigree, what got you here, and why we are getting into this, you know, sort of original, um, just doing original things. Uh, you are, um, you know, business and entrepreneur leader. We were both nominated for Entrepreneur of the year, and we both lost. That's right. That's, that's, <laughs> so we go both commiserate at the bar later on every day since then. Um, but you've just been a, done a lot of stuff with uh, when it comes to creativity, creativity in business, um, as well as growing an agency. And we're going to get some of the like, what does that even mean right, right now? Yeah. And then like, yeah, what got you? Yeah, what got you here? And then we're going to dig into a few uh, a few cool questions to. Yeah, to get into that. Yeah. So I uh, it wasn't for this, but I had I had a while ago, and this is a favorite of mine. I looked up, you know, what does it mean to be an, an agency? Right. Agency is a force that produces change. A force so, to be reckoned with. Yes, and I mean, I and I've never kind of forgotten that. Uh, I think that that's my favorite definition of an agency. Uh, and and it's that because of that sort of sense of, of of action and doing to create some kind of result. Um, and if you were to ask me, like what you know, throughout now what two two decades, I've been doing this about twenty years. 
um, you know, has there been a master plan and how are we getting to this point where we're all sitting here talking about this or not? It, I mean, there are loose plans, but really you, you just go from doing something to doing something to doing something to seeing how it works, um, seeing as what's working, what's not, and then just moving on to the next, you know? I think that's one of the great things about even here, just sitting here talking with you. You know what I mean by that when it comes to painting something, painting a work of art, right? You try some things, you see if you like it or not, and you just kind of keep messing with it. You got a sense of what you're doing, but it's not totally, <laughs> you have a big smile on your face. Do you have a sense of what you're doing? <laughs> or 90, any, Like a high B average. Yeah. Okay, good. You good. Know? Yeah. It's, it's, well, I, I think one of the most interesting things that, you know, you said, uh, when you guys started, uh, started this, we both kind of got into the biz around the same time, around 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that I always love to hear and talk about is regardless of what it is that you are doing, if you're an artist, if you're a designer, if you're a producer, if you're a comedian... The, the the goals and the reasons that you do it, how they change and how you respond to those goals when you're 20 and 25, like, it's really easy to be like, man, I'm a creative. Yeah. I just do this for the clothes oh, you're right. or and whatever. And then when you're 35 and 40, you know. Yep. I mean, yeah, what is it? It, it, take, it evolves for sure. Yeah. Right? Um, but it, well, okay. So with that in mind, um, I want to dig straight into uh, kind of your feelings right now on one of the big questions I want to ask. What's next? I think that well, there are. I think on, there are a lot of next things on many fronts. I, I do believe in the power of branded content. I think if you look at the way people would like to consume stories or learn or discover about new brands, I think they want to do it in the in the in the most authentic and real possible way possible. Now, that's not to say that advertising, when when done correctly, when when done inspirationally, when done with the proper targeting and the right message has its place. Absolutely. I would never say that, obviously, coming as, as an ad agency. Uh, <laughs> you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't dethrone the, the, the mission we've had as an industry for, you know, probably 100 years. Um, and I think in its core, too, it's still a pure one, right? That, that you, you have on one side an idea, probably born of a group or of an individual, a product or a service. Mm-hmm. And somehow we have to figure out with them a way to expose people to that service or product. I mean, that's the pure point of that. And I think that purity exists. But but I think in, in this world now, it doesn't necessarily have to be so intrusive, right? We have the technology to make it more customized. We, we can personalize it. We can target it much better. Um, and so I think advertising will continue to refine how we we find customers and help them you know, learn about what's out there. Um, at the same time, though, I do think that that people, and it's been shown that, that people respond to branded content in a better way. They create there's there's stronger emotional connections to um, to it. They're not coming at the advertising with a, a skeptical brain. They're 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 really consuming it with, for the sake of entertainment and enjoyment. Mm-hmm. And then through that, they might discover you know, things that they didn't know about or products or services they didn't know about before. So I do think that seeing that continue to play out um, and evolve and being a part of that is definitely something that we are deep into right now. And certainly this podcast is, you know, and this conversation is, is one of those things because we believe here, again, that we're having, we do some great and amazing things. We've got wonderful people among us and we want to share that with folks out there because we want to we think we're we can be helpful to other people, right? Sure. I mean, it's a, there's a purity to that. Um, I think at the same time, 
there's there's a lot on the technology side, and and I wanted to kind of shift to that side of it because since the beginning here, and I think you'll talk to Brandon at some point in the future too. Um, you Brandon know, the, uh, Rochelle. There you go. That's other right. Might be my co-founder, but he, uh, my brother from another mother. He, he, he brings that. He, well, he infused in in this venture a tech mindedness that's always stayed with us, which is great. And even for me, I mean, he, 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 you know, personally, my interests and, and curiosity and technology were very much stimulated by early conversations we had. And, and it's always stayed with me, but that, that, that role that technology can play to make all of these experiences more interesting. Yes, we can target better because of technology and machine learning, but AR, VR to disrupt digital experiences, you know, be cool to see where that goes. I think it's still pretty clunky, arguably. It's still pretty <laughs> clunky, but, you know, in five, ten years, maybe it won't be, and it will be a lot more mainstream. And then I think that there's still a sense of always telling relevant stories, right, across all of these things. Um, and, again, that's probably at its most foundationally pure, that at the end of it all, we're all just telling stories one way or another. And... And that our society and our culture and us as human beings um, need those stories. We need them to understand who we are. We need them to understand where we're going and what we want to be doing and where we want, you know, what we want to be. Um, and so I think that, yes, while there's some commercialization to that, for sure, that's the, the economic engine of choice right now, um, you know, capitalism, I still think behind that is 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 still that foundation of just connecting with each other around stories. Um, and I will say this as an aside: uh, one of the things that has shaped my thoughts on that is a book called Snoop. Uh, and this book, which I don't forget, I don't remember the author, but you can find it on on Amazon. It's was called it, Snoop. Was it Snoop Dogg. No one Snoop Dogg, and it, and it wasn't about Snoopy either. That's a different book. Yeah, it is a different book. <laughs> Not interesting. But I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> No, there, there are no interesting stories there, Brad. Absolutely not. But they were talking in Snoop. They were they're talking about how really it's it's we tell stories as a way to define our identity. You put up a picture, uh, like if I were to snoop around your home, Brad, <laughs> I would I would have to push the beer bottles aside and I'd, I'd kick the PS4 controller to the other. So I I wade through the comic book collection. You know me so well. Yeah, I, I know, I know, and and, <clears throat> and then and push the three kids over, and then thank you. Yes, what your stuff says about you, right? Is that the tagline of that Sam book? Sam Gosling, Snoop. What your stuff says about thank you. Thank you. There it is. Um, but what was fascinating to me about that, or at least my, my takeaway, was that all, there's all this, this, these, these markers that telegraph who Brad is, right? Who, right. your past, who you are now, what your values are. They call it behavioral residue. God, it sounds dirty. And then, and then it's sort of this... Been there, done that. Yeah, I know, right? And then there's this narrative that he tells himself about what his future's going to be. So when he talks about his goals or what he wants to do, that's like his, his, his story going in the future. And the picture with his mom and him growing up, that's a, a memento from the past. And he has this progression of Brad from the past to the future. That's your story, right? And it's so interesting to think about that and then to think about businesses and brands just like that. 
brands have behavioral residue. They have their homes. They put in those homes things up on the walls, right? Designers, we make all that stuff. And it's supposed to telegraph values, vision, mission, what they would like to be when they grow up, all that stuff. So it's such a cool thing to think of us as people who really, at the end of the day, craft stories. Well, I always like that as... As a storyteller, as somebody who wants to either tell stories visually, uh, through the written word, on stage, all those kind of things, the ability to go where people are, like taking into account, like regardless of whatever it is that you're making, um, taking into account where people will appreciate it and where they won't. Mm -hmm. And if they won't, that's fine too. You go to a different audience or you say a different, you know. A better um, fit. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But yeah, finding a... Finding well, a right fit for the right story. And that's your tribal thing, right? That's big, that's Brad's big tribe. Find your tribe. Yeah, find the influencers in a tribe. That's his whole big... his, his. And let me, let me throw this in there, too, because the, con- the, the conversation about providing value, mm-hmm. I want you to talk. I think this is a really good thing to dig into. What is the value of saying no? Oh, man. Meaning, like, when you're working with people, if it's a client, if it's a company, if it's a this or that, sometimes the most valuable thing as a... A creative person, as a trusted creative source, as an agency, is somebody comes to you with an idea, and you're like, "No, that is an or or you are uh, challenging conceptions and preconceptions about what that person or that company thinks about themselves." Yeah, that was like the first five years of doing this was learning how to say no in a nice way, you know. <laughs> and I remember these things are like on our quote board here. It's like that's one idea, which means no. Or, yeah, we'll think about that. We'll think about yeah, that. Yeah, we'll think about that. I, I think that to your, I mean, I think there's just as much power in a no as there is in a yes, you know, because mm-hmm. both mm-hmm. are indications of the next step. Um, I think no's are as healthy as any other word. I do think, though, in with respect to people, you have to unpack for them why it's a no, you know. It's not a no coming yes. from a place of, uh, arrogance or um, uh, high authority in that regard, but it, it, it's probably a no coming from this, a sense of, you know, here's what I've seen and experienced and know, and maybe there's a, another way to think about that. Um, it's just, but it is funny to just flat be like, oh, that's that's a stupid idea. Let's maybe not do that. Well, I think the other, <laughs> yeah. Well, you know this from us here too, right? Like you, ha- in order to be creative, you've, you've got to have a, a safe space. And, and so I think that there's some harshness to a no, um, you know, even to a client where really as they're part of that safe space, hopefully, if that relationship is, is deep and, and you all can have conversations about things where you can curate through the ideas. But uh, no's are pretty harsh words to, to people and then they clam up or get defensive yeah. or, you know. And so, yeah, you've got, I think it's more of the sentiment of, you know, let's put that up here as a what if, but let's continue to look at other what ifs. They might be better. You know, that's probably more of what I like. Well, and I think what you get what you get to there is constructive criticism. Yeah. And yeah. and anybody out there Ask Lindsay Miller though, she'll tell you, man, she loves the word no. Lindsay no and that sucks. Yes. Yes. That that's like that let's not let's not do that. Let's move on. Lindsay Miller, fellow creative director here at Design Sensory, who will also be joining us. Uh, very soon for her for her own um, episode, but yes, she is she is amazing at saying at saying no. Yes. Oh man, but yeah, anybody that's in a creative uh, a creative field, I think from an art, again an artistic written 
design. Um, the one thing that we get to grow up with uh, from uh, from our education perspective, as well as our professional, is that construct- constructive criticism. Sure. Yeah. And you get used to that language. Right. And one of the skills that you learn is how to take it and apply it. So I, and I have a question for you on that. You know, as I, as it, now you went to UT, no. University of Tennessee. Carson Newman. Carson Newman. But you, but you went for... Now a university, painting. Okay. So this is why I was going to ask this, because how, how does one say, I get, I get saying no in our context of design where, you know, you're trying to solve a problem or... Yeah, or, it does or, or or right. Yeah, sure. But like, the, like the, are you told when you're learning how to paint? No, young McAdoo, <laughs> you're doing it. You're doing it wrong. Like that's not the way to do it. But it's like, well, well, holy, this is my art, man. You can't tell me no, right? I can do what you I have need to, to do. Learn the other thing that you have to learn from an artistic perspective is where is that motivation coming from? from somebody saying, no, that's not how you should do that. So what's behind it? What's behind it? Because a lot of times uh, the no, that's not how you should do it, you should do it like this, is from a very interested, loving place where you're like, man, this is a much better way to attack this. This is a much better way to approach this. And so instead of fucking around, why don't you just try this? But, okay, so a place of love, in other words. Exactly. Like, they're like they're it's growing a great, you. It's a great place, and they would sure. expect the same feedback from you. Now, you also learn, again, it's motivation. <laughs> like, if somebody is just like, that sucks, well, then you're like, well, wait a second. Right. Is that from a place of of, of jealousy? Is it from a place of, right. so there's somebody, did you right. hit on somebody's girl a year right. ago? That, vengeance. That, vengeance. Yes. Um. And I Dish think, best served cold. I think that's the thing that hits up creatives that are that are growing, especially young people. Um, uh, that that you 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 have to learn how to take that criticism and understand. Okay, you, like I get what you're saying, right. but I also get what you're saying. You know? Yeah. I hear yeah. you. I hear you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 I was listening, but I didn't really hear you. Yeah. No. I. I yeah. I, well, I was wondering about that, like. In the more subjective pieces, it's kind of like, well, that, that's his art, you know? Because well, nose in our world, to your point, like nose in our world, outside of maybe not coming from a place of, of constructive criticism or love, is really just everybody trying to make something better. Absolutely. Yeah, which is wonderful, a wonderful motivation. But, you know, I kind of like in the, in the sphere of like, well, I want to paint this purple and I want the <laughs> shadows to be red. If someone tells you no, like, well, fuck you. Well, and you can also say, this is like one of my, my favorite uh, quotes is my painting professor from college, Mr. Bill Houston, who is a, like a hyper-realist, okay. right? Hyper-realist, outdoor kind of painter guy. And he uh, also is a master woodworker. So he makes a uh, an easy and on the top of it, it says, make it real compared to what? So that is my question. May, that shouldn't be purple. Okay, hmm. compared to, to what? what? Right. Well, like, like, like in your mind, that shouldn't be purple, but like, to, like what's, where, compared to what? Compared right. to why? What's your frame? Exactly. What's your yeah. frame of reference? What's the context that you're telling me about this? Um, and from an artistic perspective, again, like if you're making your own thing, if you are, are, are making that is, that is your art, mm-hmm. like you have the full uh, right to say like, no, I'm just going to do this my way. Right. Um, and that, then that's how I'm going to do it from a, and, and so art can be art design. Uh, that's when you get into a place where things are art full. Right. Milton Glaser talked about Absolutely. that. Absolutely. No, you, you took this exactly where I was going. Cause like for the young ones out there, it's like, listen hard to this, this 10 minutes because that's the difference between 
really learning, I think, early on, I didn't mean to interrupt you, go back to it, right? But, but learning early on that what you're doing is artful, but it's not your art. And you're, you're doing it on behalf of problem solving or some kind of context that, that, that is bigger than you. You're not such a precious little butterfly. And <laughs> the no's and the critiques and the criticisms are all there, really, ideally, to help you become a better person, better designer, to produce a better work product. And, man, I know a lot of people who struggle with, with that early on. So. Well, early, what did Milton say? Papa I, Milton? Papa Papa Milty? Yeah. <laughs> oh, he's he his, Borky his, Snarf. Yes, it's 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 design is art is is not art. It's artful. artful. And this is the guy uh, for all you out there. And and I will have show notes with a lot of these references as well, so you guys can take do some of these takeaways. And this is for not just designers and creatives, but as as well as business leaders, thought leaders, CMOs, CEOs that want to see and hear different ways of of approaching things because Milton Glaser is one of the most famous designers of our time did some of the most iconic work the I Heart um, uh, New York yes you know symbol like that's the guy yes. that did that he did a Bob Dylan super famous Bob Dylan posters yes. beautiful poster and he, his big thing was like in the end I'm trying to communicate something right. yes this is beautiful yes this is heartbreaking yes right. this is amazing but it's because I'm trying to accomplish a certain right. a certain thing with it. A force of change. Which is hilarious when people do not understand. Have you ever seen one of those t-shirts with like the I heart dogs or I heart or that? And it oh. says like heart in it or it says love. And you're like, that's not, the, that's the, da- damn it. Do you stop those people in their tracks? I do, I do stop those <laughs> people. Do you tell them no? I'd say no. I'd say no. No. And then you walk away. Oh my gosh. Well, this is, okay. So... You can tell, I think that that we are in a like like Joseph and I are both like super passionate, Brad, uh, about uh, about the making of the things and the people continuing to make the things. So let's get uh, let's maybe get into some specific examples of. Okay. I'm, I'm right now. I'm calling this epic wins Ooh. or epic fails. Ooh. And so what I want uh, I want to talk about an epic win, like something you are just. Like a thing that you really think was a change maker, a pivot point in your life, and or an epic fail, mm-hmm. um, and how you deal with it or continue to deal with it. Again, as you push yourself, like personally, creatively, sure. and in business, to maintain that creativity, to maintain that energy. Oh man, there, you, you <laughs> like I seesaw between epic fails and wins on a day to day basis. <laughs> In some ways, it's probably why I'm so schizophrenic. But I mean, if I had to pick the first big epic win that comes to mind, um, I and I mean, this is truly without any, you know, prep, right? It just comes to mind. It's 2003 and four when when we, the little agency that we were of, I think, three or four or five people, um, decided to bid on uh, the, the Tennessee tourism account. <laughs> and, and, you know, of course, we didn't know this then, but we, 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 fi- we found it out afterward. Um, long story short, we win. We are then faced with, you know, a monumental amount of work for an agency as small as us. Um, there are, if you ask my wife, Elizabeth, there are so many <laughs> wonderful stories of this time of me taking work home. I had a fold-out table set up in her living room when I would come to, like, see her. I'd also have a work a workstation. It was that bad. I think I also gained about 25 pounds in and around the, the, the three or four years during that time. Wait, um, really quick, I also want to add, um, this was 2003, 2004, yes. which would have made you how old? I would have been in my early 20s yeah. at that point. 
Um, so it, it, yeah, I want to say 23 or 24. And, um, and, you know, we had been toiling at Design Sensory since 01, uh, really earlier than that, but the earlier days were, were, I would consider them more of a freelance kind of model. Um, and then, you know, officially Brandon and I were, were you know, in, in, in business. We had an office and so forth, um, uh, 01 through to about 03, 04. We incorporated in, in 04, um, you know, and this is in and around that same time that we, we in fact, I think we incorporated because we had to, to, to bid on it. <laughs> so, um, so we were up against Microsoft. Um, I'm not sure, honestly, why some of these brands were in the mix for this work, but they were. Um, I just remember hearing, you know, Microsoft was in the mix. Maybe in a time when some of those brands were kind of coming into the agency space some. Sure. Um, you know, but, but like, we, we were up against, I'm sure, a lot of big agencies in Tennessee and, 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 and across the U.S., and we win it. Uh, we're told we won it because of our youthful energy. They felt like the, the big thing then for them was that they needed to connect with, with, with a generation of people who were more digital, and they loved the optics of us coming in, you know, with, with, with three or four people all under 30. And, and I mean, I, you know, the kind of comments were like, you know, you know, you're talking to the right people when they're surprisingly young. Right. And because when you were like, oh, you know, I've, cause I've heard that from a lot of people. Oh, we need to, we need to redo our website back at the time. You look, you look the part. You know what I mean? I don't know what we're doing. Nobody knows what we're doing. Ted over there, our, our CMO, he doesn't know, but, but you looked apart, so yeah. you're hired. <laughs> so anyway, it was a bit of that. And, um, you know, our first large task was redoing TNVacation.com. And again, we were doing this with five or six people. The site was hundreds of pages, if not thousands of pages. And, um, you know, on we were. So that that's probably our first epic, epic win that comes to my mind. Um, you know, an epic fail for me is, is, and there are so many small failures and, and so many big failures, but, but I think, you know, I, I'm, I'm just thinking through in 2014, I'll keep the narrative running on this. So in 2014, we are up for rebid, same account. Oh, wow. Okay. And, um, we, we are not even big enough at that point. We have grown, you know, we're, I want to say we're 20 plus people, uh, maybe even 30 plus, um, maybe not as large at that time, but, um, and we are not, but we're not large enough from a revenue standpoint now to bid on this RFP. They, they set a, um, <laughs> a revenue floor, <laughs> not ceiling, Chris, a floor. <laughs> <clears throat> we're in the basement. So, you know, of like, yeah, you know, agency's got to have like 10 or $15 million in annual revenue. Great. We've got two, you know, or three or whatever. So it's like, we're going to have to partner to do this. And we partner with a, a firm, out of the Midwest, um, who, who's very, um, who's very, uh, tourism oriented. Mm-hmm. That's their, their speciality. Um, and then another competing agency from the same city. Um, but a big one, I mean, you know, a big one. And I, I, I won't, uh, VML, um, decides to pitch, they win. We made it to the final round. There were three agencies, us, another local firm, and then VML, uh-huh. VML wins it. I would consider that to be, uh, you know, at least one of our epic fails, um, and there are a lot of points to that, but, but here's the thing, if not for that failure, 
we would not have been introduced to a couple of other people that would eventually become the opportunity then that we had with the Tennessee Economic Development Agency. TNECD. And then that became an epic win because since then we have been doing work, not now for for Tennessee Tourism, although we've done some small work with them, but we were were able to do all this wonderful work with, you know, another agency, the the Economic Development Agency for for Tennessee uh, instead. So it's, and I will say that I mentioned that because for all, for everyone out there, like I've, from what I've always witnessed, seen, um, I don't care what you call it, grace of God, or the universe just looking out for itself. Uh, anytime you get a setback, I've always seen it paired with some type of advancement too. Um, you know, whether that be luck, whether that be synchronicity, I don't, I, you know, again, whatever your <laughs> feedback to that. But it, but I've, I've never, I, I thankfully knocking on wood have have always seen a setback paired with a win so that, or, or when we had a setback, we learned very quickly, you know, how to grow and grow up and become better. And we were able to, you know, get over the, the failure and, and win something else. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think that, that, you know, that's, um, that's a, that's a nice to thank you for taking me down memory lane. Because I've actually not thought about that for a little bit, but those would be some of the two big things I've I've thought through, at least from an agency standpoint. That's really interesting. So so like from 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 then we've got you know so Pop Fizz, Tennessee Valley Uncharted, which also led to shows like Remastered, right? Which led and I, it's a little bragging right now, but like for this, but we won some we won some. Some, some Emmys. Emmys, some, Emmys, some yeah. metal brought some brought some metal home. That's right. Um, so it's pretty cool, uh, and it's and it's one of the. I mean, you know, it's it's that kind of stuff, um, that pushing boundaries, that developing new things and new ways of thinking that brought you know kind of helped me come over and absolutely and, and uh, well, and your head was the there too. I mean, I think we, you know, we we connected greatly in the last several years over that. You know, because I think and and it's. Um, some of you guys will know this out there. Like I've always paid some attention to that. You start to see seasoned creative directors, art directors, designers who, as their careers evolved, the one I recall is Hillman Curtis. Um, he had a studio for for a long time and was known very well for you know this, this is going back youngins to the to, <laughs> to the you know ray gun days yes. uh, with with Carson and 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 you know deconstruction, deconstruction yes and typography and it just just throw it everywhere um, you know it's page maker or quark and uh, and you're just doing all of that and. Um, Hillman Curtis, you know, was, mm-hmm. I think, as, as, as some of the people in that time, he had a great aesthetic. I think he had some restraint during the deconstructive period and did some great design work. <laughs> but then, like, you check in with him uh, again in the early 2000s, and all of a sudden he's a filmmaker mm-hmm. producing s- commercials, you know, and then and doing a lot of music work, too, right? And, and I didn't realize then what I realized now, but it's it just a natural... It was an, it was a probably a natural evolution for him to take the stories that he was telling from a two D standpoint and with graphic design, and then you know figuring out and learning and evolving and 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 adding new skills on to be able to do that in three or four D now with stories that are filmed and acted and and so forth. So um, so that was an early person who who had some influence in, in understanding that. Uh, but like I said, we we connected, you know, over over then now in in many recent years, wanting to be able to just connect with people any way we can, right? 
whether it's through this mic or through a show or through design or whatever it is. Well, and, and from a you know from a relationship standpoint, like I, I've always thought about you know you you work with people. You, you, you work with people that you like to work with, and that comes internally, but it also comes like the relationships you build with clients, friends, yeah. like all that. Like, um, and you want to relate to people on that very real, very eye-to-eye level. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, okay, so getting into some of that, we've gone into, we've talked a lot about some incredible things that have happened. Um, we've dug into inspirations, um, like you know, uncle Milty and, uh, and Hillman Curtis. Um, and now I'm going to ask share. I mean, there's oh, geez, Marie. Yeah. Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's all sorts of pentagram alums, Michael Beirut that, yep. you know, they're, they're all just so wonderful in their work. I'd love to know if they look back on their work and think, you know, oh, what the hell was I thinking? I don't think so. I don't think, like, Paula Cher looks back at, like, no. her Belcourt Theater posters right. and is like, oh, gross. Uh, no, failure. I, think, yeah. I think Paula Cher probably looks back at that and be like, yeah. Good job, girl. I'm, I'm Paula Cher. Yeah. Yeah. Let me, <laughs> let me sign that for you. Yeah. <clears throat> well, actually, and speaking of those guys, too, and there's a whole other um, uh, discussion that I want to have actually bringing that up about on more of the business side of it, yeah. but especially when it comes to pentagram and stuff. That's a whole other thing. Yeah. We'll do that. We'll do that another day. But I'm going to get into uh, the last sort of round of questions, and that is we have asked what's next. We have said epic wins and epic fails, but now I'm going to say why not? I want you to say, I want you to talk about a moment of personal um, or professional inspiration. It's the big moments in, in your life or like your pop culture conscience cool. where somebody said, why not? Instead of why. Why? You, are you talking about when, when, when someone said that to me and it cleared the way for something? Or? Yeah, or yeah, it's, it's sort of, a, you know, a, a super famous example would, you know, be the, the Chick-fil-A cows, cows. you yeah. know, because, of course, first that, that idea was, right. was rejected. But somebody somewhere, probably wearing a tie, looking at a computer screen and a spreadsheet, somebody had to say, you know what, why not? Sure. Yeah, I think, I'd, I'd like to think that, you know, as as I as I as I, I just if I if I were to use a frame for the last maybe five to seven years, I want to say to you that the role of why not going back to what I said at the beginning mm-hmm. has kind of been the role of design sensory, hopefully to our client, or in in my case to mm-hmm. people here, uh, or you know if if I'm in a CD role specifically with a small crew to that group, right, um, or to a client. And I think that I feel good about where we have landed in the last five years or so years with with challenging conventional marketing tactics. Um, you know, and and so as an example, you mentioned remastered. Um, that was a huge why not for hmm. the state of Tennessee because what economic? De- I mean, you know, economic and community development. Is a, is a very that's as sexy as it sounds. <laughs> I mean, it, it's 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 actually very sexy intellectually, yes. but yeah, like the motions of it are. You want to see my per capita? <laughs> yeah, I don't think anybody's like. Let me show you my educational rates. Yes, yes. So it's it's you know and oh and yeah yes we have sewer we do it's good it's all sewer there. lines sewer lines all are there the, the infrastructure is there. 
good water in, bad water out. So, so yeah, you wouldn't think that economic development would be a place uh, that is about intangible marketing in the sense of like, you know, connecting with people and having them love an area, uh, uh, you know, th- where they might yeah. plant a, a headquarters or a business. But, but what I have learned with working with them and, 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 and Justin Lane there, who's their marketing director, what I've learned in, in the collaboration with him is that that by far is, is, is not correct. That, that what is correct is the sea level is so influenced by emotion where the heart, you know, where the heart goes, the head follows. They all are awash in data. They have data from site selectors, sea level, you know, there's data everywhere. And then someone's got to make a decision on where they're going to go. And that decision, it's just like buying water. Am I going to get, you know, am I, am I going to, is it going to be smart water? Is it going to be Dasani, <laughs> Aquafina? They're all water. What do I feel like? I'm a hose man. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you don't like Voss? What the heck? Yeah. Uh, yeah. You just, you just, yeah. You're our faucet guy. I can see that. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Didn't you come up with a jug the other day? You that was Taylor Walters. Ju- no, no that was... you did, because you're playing volleyball. That is right. I yeah. did come. Yes, I did have a gigantic mess. Was it to drink or was it to pour on yourself? Both, like sexy Top Gun style. Oh, <laughs> yeah. You're bringing that back. There you go. Yeah, but anyway, uh, uh, yeah, you wouldn't think economic development would be, would be concerned with that, but they they are, and and that's what led to the why not why don't we create branded content. Why don't we create a show that instead of uh, everyone talking about these things in rigid ways, let's show you how Tennessee has cultural influence. Let's 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 focus on the people here and the brands that that are impacting life around the world. And you know, and then the, sort of the gauntlet throw to someone is if you want to be like them, then you should consider coming here too. Mm-hmm. You know, well, it's worked really well for them, and and there've been a lot of great successes and great KPIs. So that, to your point too, the, we, you know, we've had some great awards with that. So I think that's a good example of why not. And then we continue that with South Carolina, asking the same question there. You know, they wanted a website. Um, this is their innovation program. They wanted a website to essentially just connect people to resources in the state. And, you know, the questions as an agency that you ask people is, well, why does anyone care, right? If, if every other state has a website that says, here's where we've got the great the equipment. We've got the greatest, got the, the best. The sky the is blue. The fastest. Absolutely. The wateriest. Right, the deepest. Then, then what is the point, right? <laughs> so it, I think, again, we've got a great relationship with them where they were super open, Laura Quarter there, to conversations about really getting down to the fundamentals of the story and trying to engage people. So I feel like that that whole why not, that is the essence of what we do. Um, asking what if and why not and, and, and being bold and courageous and not afraid to answer those questions. I mean, you know, Simon Sinek, right? Start with why. Mm-hmm. But, but I think there's an equal... There's an equal thing to that. Why not, right? When you start with why, you'll have a list of answers to that. And then when you ask yourself, all right, what next? I think behind that is, well, why not? Why not do these things? Mm -hmm. I think more and more today, everybody's hip to, if you don't do that, there's more risk in looking stale and staying conventional than there is in exploring and experimenting and finding, you know, how you connect with people. So I, I personally think that every day that's our mission. Why to ask why not and, and to and to pursue and to pursue to the four corners of that, you know, screen or paper or brief or marketing plan, what the heck you could possibly do. And in the end, all of that comes down and t- comes together and ties it together in a bow to tell stories. Absolutely. To yes. tell effective stories 
across <laughs> across whatever uh, platform or place you might want to do it. S T O R. Is is that I what? No, I don't. E. S. I don't think that's right. Wait, isn't sto- it stories? Uh, yeah. O U S. No, that doesn't. No, work. that doesn't make any sense. Crap. Oh, Fergie. It's Fergie. Okay, it is Fergie. Uh, doesn't work. Okay, it is Fergie. So on that note, on a, on a, we always we always end on Fergie. Um, but don't don't we all? We I, I hope that everyone uh, uh, listening. <laughs> there, there we go. I hope that everyone listening. Oh, the cease and desist is coming. I know it's it's fine. Well, I'm you know I'm I'm excited. This is going to be a real opportunity to have these great conversations with people that really gets to the bones yep. and gets to those stories. You know. Yep. So anyway, everybody out there, uh, go find your story <laughs> or find somebody to help you tell it. Uh, this is Chris McAdoo, creative director here at Design Sensory and second, well, wait, creative director and second tallest person at Design Sensory. And possibly the loudest person. Ah, I think we're in a contest there. Loudest well, we'll person. know when we cycle through all of this, right? Because we'll have it on the... On the anyway, thanks... Yeah, perfect. See? Nice. Yes. Thanks for listening, everybody. Hey, thanks for listening uh, to Best Behavior Creative Club. I really appreciate it, and I hope you enjoyed what you just heard. Best Behavior Creative Club is a design sensory production and a DS original series hosted by me, Chris McAdoo. We're produced by Brad Carpenter and executive produced by Joseph Nuther. Sound engineering by Hunter Foster and music by Matt Honkinen of Pitchwire. Design Sensory is an award-winning, full-service branding, research, advertising, and digital agency based in Knoxville, Tennessee, the best place in the world. You can fight me for it. If you like what you heard, make sure to follow us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, etc., etc. And if we made your commute or your romantic walk on the beach a little more bearable or just a little more romantic please leave us a review or drop us a line at bestbehavior at designsensory.com. Now, go make something great.